0: You're listening to the Find the Right Man podcast with Paulina Solda, episode number 48, How to Stop Second-Guessing Yourself in Dating, with my guest expert, Sandy Wiener.
1: Welcome to the Find the Right Man podcast. If you want to find the right man for you in just a few
0: simple steps, keep listening. And now here's your host, dating coach and NEO-style expert, Paulina Solda. Welcome. I'm so excited. Welcome a returning guest. Multiple times returning guest, uh, my good friend and colleague, Sandy Wiener. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you so much, Polina. Always good to be with you. So, For those of you who haven't met Sandy yet, uh, she's a dating coach and a podcast host. She's also a a TED Talk speaker and has written a book, that we will be talking about choice points in dating. So Sandy believes that it's never too late to go on your last first date and your podcast, uh, podcast show is called Your Last First Date. I love that show. So welcome. We're going to be talking exactly about that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, Sandy, I know you recently have written a book about choice points. And I love in your book how, first of all, you're an excellent storyteller. Oh, thank you. Incredible stories from your personal life and of course your clients. And it really stuck with me when you talked about this man you went on a date with, and he said, Well, I really didn't have a choice. And so many of us have this thought, and I call those thought arrows. Is not true? That we're limited, we don't have choices because of our circumstances, because of the age of the city we live in. So when what inspired you to write this book and what was the the most important intention that you had?
1: Yeah, I, I like you, I had seen too many people say, I don't have a choice. And I think without knowledge about our choices, we don't know what the choices are. And I think a lot of us also make unconscious choices. I think most of us make un- unconscious choices. I know that when I got married, I made a conscious choice to choose a spouse who would be good for me, who I thought would be good for me, based on the fact that someone I had dated before him was not good for me. So we make these choices in our head and not in our heart, or maybe our gut instincts are completely off because they're based in fear and not really knowing what is good for us. And so when we have knowledge about how to make better choices, how to create that must-have list and the deal-breaker list and get really refined in our search for love, everything becomes clear and we're just just better able to make those choices.
0: Yes. Yeah, so what would you say some of uh, the biggest misconceptions of those uh, erroneous thoughts that women think when it comes to dating and uh, struggling to find the right person for them?
1: I think one of the biggest ones is that we wait to be chosen. We think we're at the mercy. And I certainly, when I started dating again after my divorce, I thought I wasn't good enough. I thought I wasn't young enough. I thought that because I had given birth to several children, my body wasn't good enough for a man. And I had all these false notions that I had to become something else in order to be accepted by some stranger who I didn't even know, who probably had the same insecurities that I did. And I, it's just over time, you realize that you're also the chooser, that you can, you, you have to be the chooser and you don't come in at the mercy of somebody else's choices. When we come in empowered with what we want and need, we can make those choices. And if we are just waiting to be chosen, we have no power and we also are really insecure. And so that, I think, is kind of the overarching issue for a lot of people. Pick me, pick, I hope I get chosen. And it's just, it's just an unhealthy way to go into dating.
0: There's so many things we have in common because one of the biggest values in my company is empowerment. And I know you empower women and also this notion of so becoming a chooser and positioning yourself so that you have options to choose from because when it elevates completely when you have options right you like see evidence right and you there are ways to put yourself like you can date multiple men at the same time instead of just rushing and jumping into this one relationship with one person right or trying to uh, per- per- persuade them so what i love about your um approach what you're talking about in the book is that you uh you don't want to only rely on attraction when you are choosing right uh, there are other ways that there are other things that you take into consideration could you speak a little bit about what else is important and why attra- just relying on attraction is not enough yeah, we, we usually date backwards. We, we're pulled towards somebody and
1: attraction is often based on things that are not good for us. They're based on family of origin stuff. So if we had a parent who was distant, We're always trying to get the attention of that parent. So we choose distant partners and try to get their attention. And it's very self-defeating. And so that level of high attraction is also anxiety inducing. We're going crazy. We mistake that for butterflies, but it's really anxiety. Mm. So chemistry and compatibility both have to be there. And we also have to understand our attraction and so when I work with a client I'll go through their love blueprint what is what is the pattern where did they come from what is their attachment style so that we understand how do they attach to potential partners and so you know more about yourself but also the must have and deal breaker list which is so important and most people get that wrong they They think of qualities that don't really matter in a partnership like height and color of hair and and job. A lot of people Mm -hmm. are attracted to the CEO of a company who may be emotionally unavailable. Mm -hmm. And so we really need to get clarity around what what we bring to the table, what our attraction style is what our patterns are and then what what is it that would lead to compatibility and to, to real partnership not just dating because what makes for a great date doesn't always make for a great partnership
0: mm, so good yes and uh, it turns out uh, basic incompatibility is the number one leading cause of all divorces with about over 40% and uh, so The way I approach it is I use a personality typing system that ensures compatibility. Could you talk a little bit about some of the tools or um, basic uh, approach to choosing somebody who's compatible?
1: Yeah, so first of all, you have to know your personality. Like if you are very introverted Mm -hmm. and somebody is very extroverted there could be some issues there, but you could also learn to get along with a person like that by creating, by negotiating differences. So for example, if if you're an extreme introvert and you like quiet to recharge, you have to ask for that. You have to tell the person you're dating that I need, I can't go on five hour dates or if we go away for the weekend, I'm going to need some time alone in the hotel or, you know, whatever, whatever it is you need. And maybe if you go to a party together, you take separate cars because maybe he wants to stay till two o'clock in the morning and Mm. you're burnt out at 10. And so that doesn't mean you're not going to get along. It means that you just have to negotiate differences. When it comes to what you must have, I like to start with safety because safety to me is is for women is really the, the thing that they talk about the most. I have to feel safe and they have to feel safe in many different ways. And so if you break it down to emotional safety, who does he have to be for you to feel emotionally safe? He has to be a good communicator. He has to be okay with feedback. He has to do well with conflict and not disappear in the middle of conflict or keep everything in. And both of you have to have good communication. So he has to be those things for you to feel emotionally safe. Who does he have to be? If you want to feel physically safe, who does he have to be? If you want to feel sexually safe. And so think about financially safe, you know, there's, there's lots of different categories of safety. And if we break it down we can really come up with that list of uh, so financial everybody talks about financial security and i always say you can't really rely on financial security people there's volatile markets there's people lose jobs during the pandemic people lost jobs like you, you that doesn't mean they were irresponsible what they do with that when you lose a job when you get a divorce and you lose wealth when mm-hmm. something happens the stock market crashes how do you recover? How do you rebuild wealth? Do you have a retirement plan? Do you have debt? If you have debt, are you paying it off? That's financial responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's something we can do something about. So you have to be on the same page in terms of things like that. If you can be, if you can talk about all these things and you should be able to talk about finances, about sex, about being on the same page on those things, then you feel safe in the relationship. So it's character. It's how does a person show up in the world? Do they are they consistent? Those lead to safety, you know, does a person follow through with their words and actions. And often we excuse the inexcusable, we make excuses for people because they're good looking or they treat us nicely and take us on nice dates. But day to day, are they kind? Do they take care of their mother? You know, it's like those things are, are what's going to warm your heart in the end. And those things can sometimes take time. Like you don't want that bowl over the head. Oh my God, I, I just fell in love on the first date. Those, those don't usually work out. Mm. So that's slow and steady, really seeing consistently that this person is who they say they are. And, and Another aspect I think that's important that a lot of people overlook is, first of all, do they make good decisions? And I know that in my marriage, I didn't trust my husband to make good, good decisions, good choices, because life is full of decisions. We we get challenged, and how do they deal with challenges? How do they deal with crisis? And the other thing is, do you... Are you interested enough to always want to know more? I find that in a good relationship it's like this never ending book that you keep mm-hmm. wanting to turn the pages. Mm-hmm. With a relationship that's not so good, I mean you can even tell on a first phone call sometimes that the person is already repeating stories, they they don't have a whole lot to share or you're not really interested in what they're interested in. Maybe they're obsessed with politics and that's not something you really enjoy talking about, but they can't stop, you know, and or they have right or wrong thinking and they're very opinionated and they have to always be right. Those are big warning signs and, and deal breakers. Anyway, I've just said a whole lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is this is really good because you're really talking about, so I know you have a method for creating that list of must-haves and deal breakers. So could you, if you could just like maybe summarize or explain like how to use it in a practical way that some, anyone who's listening can just go ahead and do that.
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, the, what I talked about with the safety thing, I think mm-hmm. if, if people can really ask themselves, what do I need to feel safe emotionally, physically, spiritually, sexually, think about the, the key components of your life And, and then who does he have to be for me to feel that way? And who does he not have to be to be, who, who does he not have to be for me to feel like it's a deal breaker? So it's, it's um, like a lot of people will say things like smoking is a deal breaker, but then people end up getting married to people who smoke an e-cigarette and it doesn't have the same smell and the person's trying to quit or, It doesn't have to be the deal breaker. I think Mm -hmm. when you have that foundation of the qualities in a person that you really connect with, then the relationships can really look very different than we think they are supposed to look. And I just did a podcast episode with somebody who was a flight attendant and she traveled all the time. Well, how do you make a relationship work when you're never around? Mm -hmm. So for her, she was, she was always unapologet, unapologetically authentic. She was who she was. People knew that she traveled. They also knew that, that she's just a, a really interesting person with a lot of varied interests. And she also was willing to make a relationship work long distance by mm-hmm. communicating really well. Mm-hmm. And so you could not live apart. You could live apart. You could you could have somebody who lives someplace you would never, ever have considered. You could date somebody who's 12 years younger, 12 years older. It, I think people have to realize that the connection is more important than a lot of the things that we think are important. When the connection is there, you can overcome big hurdles.
0: Mm, yes. So how do you know? How do you separate that? attraction that initial versus the true connection what do you think the difference between the two
1: well the initial attraction i mean you have to
0: you have to have something
1: there um i think if it's if it's a, too big it can distract you and make you ignore the, the big red flags or excuse them. So you don't want to be so attracted or get so sexually involved that you can't think straight. So I think keep, keep your brain working and, uh, and Involve I your think your rational part. <laughs> yes, it does have to be, it has to be that balance, the balance, the head and the heart. Mm-hmm. And so you're discovering It's a discovery process. I think people forget that and start deciding before they're ready, before they're ready. And I know somebody who's who's in a really good relationship and it was moving a little too fast for her. Mm. And so there was the old her would have connected and fallen head over heels and not asked enough questions and really gotten to know him. And so she's taking that step back because she knows her old patterns didn't work for her. And so mm-hmm. she's asking questions. She's finding out what are the areas that if we did end up married, what are the areas that we really need to talk about? What are our what are our areas of weakness or um you know, how, how did other relationships not work out? What are some of the ways that we've learned from past relationships? And don't be afraid to ask questions. I think a lot of people have a a thought in their head or a question about somebody, and then they just kind of suppress it. They feel like it's too much. They shouldn't be so demanding or speak up too much. And I really encourage anybody listening to not quiet themselves to really speak up and ask the things that are important to you because these things can make or break a relationship. You know, you don't want to find out six months down the road, something you could have found out two months down the road or one month down the road that, that could have broken your heart, you know, if you had waited too long to find out. So I think all of those things, when you're really realizing that you're falling for somebody but also letting them know you know you want to take your time and this person did speak up she she got kind of really scared when it started to get real she got really scared and we talked it out and I said what are you afraid of she said I'm afraid of getting hurt I'm afraid of falling too fast I'm afraid he's the wrong partner and I said you know what talk about it with him and he said you know what I'm on the same page I feel the same as you. I'm not in a hurry to lock this down. We're getting to know each other, and it just opened up this space for them both to relax. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so good. It's just so timely. I, I just had a group coaching call with my my clients, and one of one of them shared that she said something about she's starting a podcast, and he was just silent. And she had a thought to ask him, well. Have you ever listened to a podcast? But she didn't because she had this other thought, oh, he doesn't care. He's not interested. And then then she felt kind of deflated and the whole date shifted. This one thought and the the coaching I give exactly, just ask, clarify, get curious versus just shut down, right? And I think when we are curious, that's when we shift from that initial attraction to connection. Mm -hmm. I love that.
1: Yeah. Curiosity is so important. We tend to judge so fast on both sides. You know, it's dating is a lot of quick judgments, which is why it's also important to show up more fully so Mm -hmm. that somebody isn't judging something about you because you're showing up with uh, hiding things about yourself that are amazing and wonderful because you're afraid to show too much at one time and yeah, you don't want to share your trauma and all that other stuff, but you do want to share the passions and the goals and the, the good stuff and learn how to talk about your life in ways that are compelling and will connect to a story that he has about his life where it's not an interview process, but you're both sharing stories, which is much more compelling.
0: Mm-hmm. I love in your approach, you focus on being authentic And being very intentional in dating and also practicing that self-awareness. And in your book, you're talking about relying on your inner GPS. Now, I know for a lot of us, uh, we sometimes hear that voice that could be that scary, that, that inner critic or that limited, very overly protective voice of fear and doubt versus our true intuition. So when you coach your clients, how do you help them navigate through that and separate and know what to listen to? Mm. It is one of the most misunderstood things. I think people say,
1: trust your gut. Your gut is is often not the truth. It is Mm. fear. It's fear speaking. So your true gut, your true inner GPS is... Based on your core values, it's based on who you are in your core. And most of us have no idea what that is. I remember in coaching school, we was one of our first exercises, and I talk about that in the book, that we started to really uncover what are the values that we live by. And when you start to uncover that, you also get. Get clear about what those values mean to you. So, for example, I might have even done this with you on one of our summit interviews years ago. Yeah.
0: it's uh, <laughs> it's always values with you, Cindy. Yes, You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so important, of course. It is so important,
1: and it's it's just we we're so unconscious of these things, mm-hmm. but they they live within us. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, what's an important value to you, Polina? Oh, impact and growth. Okay, impact and growth. And so, if you were to give me some words around what impact and growth mean to you, what would they be?
0: Value, contribution, opportunity, um, progress.
1: Okay. So for somebody else, it might mean being the CEO of a company and um, growing my family. I don't know. Just
0: everybody oh, helping thinks, as many women, helping as many women as possible to find love. Of course, that's. the the ultimate goal. Which is beautiful.
1: And so if you are doing that on a consistent basis, you feel fulfilled. You feel like you're feeding your soul because it is an important part of who you are. So when we, we know that, you know, we can go through life going, okay, if I wait, if I go too long without feeding that part of me, I'll feel disconnected. I'll feel empty. And so when we are feeding those boxes i i sometimes i work with women and i'll give them like what are your four boxes that you have to fill every day those are the things that you have to put time and effort into in order to feel like your life is functioning in an aligned way so if your four boxes are family self-care personal growth and i don't know exercise eating healthy whatever um If you're not doing those things, you're completely out of alignment. You're starting to get grouchy, all those things. So your inner GPS comes from you're feeding those parts of you. So when you do the values and then you do the value strings, like the words that you just shared about your values, then you are aligned with who you are as a person. And then the more you're aligned, the more you start to trust your own sense of knowing. Because you're making choices throughout your day based on who you are. So if you're going through your day and you're asking yourself, does this feed me or does this drain me? You know, if I say yes to this favor that someone asked me, is this for me or out of obligation because I don't want to hurt their feelings? The more you're honest with yourself about all of those things, the more you're going to be better at your love life. You're going to be better at your job. You're going to know which clients you should work with. You're going to know what events you're going to say yes to, what podcast you're going to be a guest on. Um, It's it's all based on self-knowing. So get that clarity. And there's an exercise in the book to do this. And really get clear, what are your values? And then you start to really trust because ultimately we have to be the best judge of of all the things that we decide in our lives and not look to somebody else to decide. I mean, I have a client who was never given agency, never. So her parents always decided what was right for her. Mm. This is the house you should buy. This is the person you should marry. These are the things, and she never trusted herself. And so when you think you're doing a favor by telling your kids what they should wear, what they should do, what they should eat, who who their friends should be, and not let people make mistakes and learn from them, Mm -hmm. then we don't trust ourselves. And so it's whoever, I mean, a lot of us grow up that way. So if you you get back to your core, you're going to make better choices.
0: Yeah, it's so important what you said about how we grow is by making mistakes, because what I see is for so many women who've been like, really, you got to be a really good girl and get all the A's and get all the gold stars. That fear of making a mistake is actually paralyzing them, even in dating, even putting themselves out there and. I teach that the only way for you to to get really good is by being willing to be bad and make those mistakes so you can learn from those experiences and you can evaluate them. I actually found that we both, so I use date debriefs. I tell my clients to evaluate their dates. I know you do that too because I read it in your book. So could you talk about uh, the importance that it's actually, it is okay. Let's give everyone permission. (laughs) <laughs> it is okay to make mistakes in dating. It's a part of a process. How do you work uh, with your clients? And uh, let's talk about evaluating. Why it's so important?
1: Yeah, if a lot of times when um, when we date somebody, the takeaway is not we don't really debrief the dates for ourselves. Like in coaching, we do, but in in real life, it's like I liked I liked the conversation. I had a good time they're not really thinking about the date in terms of what is really working, and what is really not working. And when you go through a dating debrief, and I have women debrief both him and herself. So it's not enough to just say what you thought of the person. You also want to look at how was I on the date? What am I proud of? So one of, the, one of the debrief methods is to find three things you liked about him. We tend to look at three things we didn't like about people. And I do this. Our with brain goes the,
0: constantly on what's wrong. And we have yes. to train our brain. That's why we always start with what's working because we have to train our brain to find yes. what's working. Mm -hmm. Yes. We have that
1: negative bias. We look Mm -hmm. for when it's, it's to keep us safe. It's that Mm -hmm. protection. Right. So when, when I'm looking online with people too, and we're shopping for men online, they look immediately also at, Oh, I don't like the way he looks. I don't like this. No, it would never work. And I'm like, why find three things? (laughs) So, you know, and so, Oh, he's, he seems to be really kind. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. What else? (laughs) Because we often miss those gems because we're looking for what's wrong. So what are three things you liked? What are two things that might be yellow flag, not so great? Maybe maybe it's a red flag. Maybe you already know this will never work, but mm-hmm. maybe it's something you want to discuss on the next date. And then find three things that you thought you did really well on the date. What are you proud of? So if you're working on communication skills, if you're working on setting boundaries, if you if you showed up more authentically, if you were nurturing or complimentary or did something that you really don't normally do on a date, you're now being self-reflective. And then what are two things that you'll do better next time? So maybe you were afraid to ask that question. Maybe, uh, you said something about your past that you wish you hadn't said this early on. Maybe you bonded on some, some trauma, you know, and you went, oops, I should have said that. Mm. So it's okay. You know, it's, it's, so it's all the learning that happens, and then there's another debrief process that I use that's based on Logan Yuri's book, How to Not Die Alone. And she has what she calls the post-date eight. And it's she has eight questions. I kind of adapted some of them. And they have to do more with your body. How did your body feel? Were you, um, you know, there's we need to check in with our bodies and we often don't. So if you were tense on the date and clenching your fists or if you were relaxed? Did you feel inspired? Did you feel bored? Did you feel that you're curious to know more? And so I think a combination of both of these is really helpful. And so I have my clients fill this out before we meet and then we can talk about it. And usually they've gotten enough out of the debrief process before we even meet that we don't even need to go over it so much. So exactly. I'm curious what, yeah, what do you do for oh, your Oh, it's very
0: simple, pretty much the same, just super simple. I love to keep everything simple. Uh, what worked, what didn't work, what you will do differently. Mm-hmm. And of course, the beauty is that when you do that, and I just had a client who got on her first date, she just recently started and she had so many insights that was just a total breakthrough. So even doing that, you're going to get so many answers that mm-hmm. you might not even need to go and get coaching because you already see oh this is and so the only thing so when I was coaching her today and she shared her debrief, I just said, "Go deeper, so my coaching was go deeper and ask yourself why. So what worked, I had a great time. Ask yourself why, and she did the intentional, so I also do one one thing I do differently in the way I do it in addition is that in addition to dating the day debriefs, I also have an intentional uh, pre-date the, the little putting yourself intentionally. So I know you're very intentional. I'm sure you have some kind of practice because you want to really align how you think and how you feel and what you want to create before you go on a date. A lot of that magic happens before you get on a date. What are your thoughts about that in terms of preparing? I love that. I I totally agree that
1: what we bring to the dating process matters our mindset our state of being even I mean I I was working with a client recently and I said you're testing men you come in hoping to find something wrong (laughs) it's like Mm. you know all right how are you gonna how are you gonna screw up this time and and um (laughs) it was interesting because she she was talking about how a lot of the men she meets talk about money they they talk about their accomplishments and how much money they earned and their boats and their, their cars. And she's like, oh, they're so shallow. And so I was encouraging her to ask something deeper about their accomplishments. Like, what do you hope to do with that money? You know, you find out somebody's values instead of judging them as being materialistic and absolutely a bad fit. And let's just, just end this date now because you're not good for me. And so I encouraged her also, which I would encourage everybody is to prepare your mind, prepare, mm-hmm. you know, get into um, the mindset of I'm I'm here to make a connection. I, you know, get yourself grounded and centered. Don't bring all the garbage of your day with you. Don't dump it on somebody. I mean I I did all of that so I can tell you like when I first started dating after my divorce I was going through a lot of stuff I was dealing with kids who were unhappy I still had a lot of stuff with my my ex and and I wanted people to know that I was super busy and you know these mm-hmm. were all really unappealing things that I thought would make a man like me we would connect cuz I was so miserable so no that don't do that um, <laughs>
0: That's okay, this is such a good example. You really they just show that it's okay you you can make mistakes, you can also uh skip those right by I'm sure your clients know what not to do. they don't have to make those mistakes, so they just you can just learn quicker when you do those when you have those helpful tips like evaluating so uh for those women who uh want to go on their first last date. <laughs> 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 what are some of the best tips like and let's just talk uh, and maybe you, if we could even be more specific for women who haven't even started dating they're just thinking about it and they just want to have the shortest path possible to their last date and also women who've been dating for so long and it's just not working mm. so i would say just take all the pressure out if you can
1: dating can be an adventure So if you're looking at dating as drudgery, which a lot of people do, or you have some beliefs about men, relationships, dating, like really get clear about all the limiting beliefs that you have. Dating is a disaster. There are no good men. I mean, really be honest with yourself. And even if you want to write it all out, You know, get just dump it all out on a piece of paper so that you can look at, oh, uh, of course, I'm not going to have any success if I believe these things. And so look at another perspective. Dating is an adventure. Dating is fun. I get to meet new people. I get to find out things about myself. I get to work on myself. I get to get dressed up and have fun. And so if you take out that pressure of I have to meet the one or you come in with that horrible attitude, you know, it's just not going to work. And so you take the pressure off and now you're enjoying the process and remembering that it is a marathon and not a sprint, right? It's, it's a long game. And I think a lot of people think that if they don't find love right away, they're a failure. Dating is a failure. I'll just stay home. I'll get a cat. I'll get a dog. It's safer. It's safer to just hang out with your friends. And But if you really want a relationship and, and another thing to remember, and I think a lot of people forget this, is that what they're comparing dating to is all the bad dates and all the bad relationships. And so it feels like work. But if you think about the goal being a healthy good partnership with fun and great sex and all the good stuff, then you can have the energy to go towards what you want. And I think a lot of people have trouble really even picturing that that's possible. So I think a combination of just get clarity around what are your beliefs what is it that you really want and need? You know, do the, the exercises, the must have and the deal breaker list, get clear on your core values, be guided by your energy, PS, not from society and your parents and your friends who probably give you terrible advice and, and really just enjoy the process and take breaks if you need it, because it's not, you don't have to just do it as, as a chore like that. That's just a terrible way to date. And so, you know, if you're really not enjoying it, take a little break, come back, find new ways to meet people, be open to meeting people on a plane or a train or anywhere you go and just talk to people and the magic
0: happens. Yeah, I love it. I love also what you said that so well, there are some people who don't even believe it's possible. I think that everyone who's watching and listening thinks. There's a part of you that believes it's possible. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. No, and uh, <laughs> let's expand that part and give it more air time. What if it is possible for me? And what if this first date can be my last date? And for, I know, Sandy, you have a special gift. So for women who love this conversation, they want to take it deeper. Would you? talk a little bit about your special free gift for everyone
1: sure so i have two free chapters in my book and um, you can get them by following the link and uh yeah if you love the book get it. (laughs) It's a short book. It's a quick read. I I don't write really long books because I just feel like it should be easy and everything is actionable in the book. There are exercises everywhere because I just think we just don't want to talk about this in theory. We want to put things into practice because that's how we grow and learn. So you can download the first two chapters and um, I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I love it. Like you have all the checkpoints and you have a lot of uh, resources. So even for women who want to get started on online dating, like dating online, where do I start? What do I avoid? So you address a lot of your very practical advice. So you can get started right away and meet somebody this week. It's absolutely That's right. possible.
1: Anything yes. is
0: possible. <laughs> Of course. Thank you so much, Tanya. It was such a pleasure. And uh, congratulations again on your new book, your latest. Thank you. And uh, I love your work. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Polina. Really appreciate you. If you love this podcast, please leave a review and share what's been most valuable to you. Simply scroll down, tap to rate and click to write a review. We're giving away a $25 Amazon gift card, and we'll announce a winner picked at random next week. Thank you so much.